Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. 4 and I am so excited it's a subject I'm so passionate about well two subjects I'm so passionate about music and mental health with two people I love dearly and incredibly and to begin with on my right hand side slang aka Dan Day everybody he is a producer, songwriter <laughs> and now musician from West London and sticking to the theme what I was talking about earlier in episode two with jack i i'm after slang's property as well because he lives in a very nice place in west london I told you, you can, yeah you can i know he's actually being real about it as well it wasn't even one of them. Like, it wasn't you. even one of them was like oh yeah like you can it's like whenever you want to come yeah. i'm just like and i and i do just turn up with my samosa come on like wait, you've had I'll one of t- yeah you, he's had I've never had a samosa before, and Hussein. You've never had a samosa. I hadn't, and then samosa, <laughs> and then Hussein comes, comes through. To, he comes to my shed for a studio, and I'm like, bro. And he was like, this will be the best thing you've ever tried, and I was like, and to be fair, to be fair, it was banging. Yeah. Solid ten out of ten. I'm gonna start a stand, by the way. It's gonna be called Samosa Street. Yeah. Well, you know me, I'm from Southall, like all right, yeah, yeah, growing yeah. up with samosas. He so. knows about it. Huh. All right, so slang, yeah, is more talented than you know. Really? Yeah. Did you know that? I'm still trying to <laughs> figure it all out. Um, I'm just a. He is a highly sought-after musician in the music industry, having written and produced songs for massive names, including Charlie XCX, Marina and the Diamonds, Retch 32, Newton Faulkner, Wiley, and this incredible artist called Hussein Manoa, yeah. to just name a few. He's now challenging all his talents into slang, being involved with every aspect from songwriting, producing and performing. Mm. And his songs are a snapshot of the challenging times we are growing up in. Mm. Slang, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you for having me. And joining him is somebody who I had the pleasure of meeting very recently. And it was actually because of you. And you didn't even realise this. So Slang was performing in at Secret Sessions. Yeah. And I went to go and watch. Yeah, you went to go and watch. <laughs> and you yeah. know, sometimes you, you, sometimes you plan <laughs> things and they don't actually happen. It was my, no, it wasn't Destiny, my fault. Destiny works in 
different ways. It yeah. wasn't my fault. I'm not pushing the blame. I'll take it. I'll take it. It was my fault. Okay, know? so basically, what happened, everybody? I went to watch Flang and Ryan Keane perform, but what happened was their set got delayed and I had to go and see Sinead Harnett's gig. But during that moment, Luke came on stage. It was amazing. And then I was like, oh my God, who this? It was unreal, yeah. That was like... And then I saw Luke perform. And then as soon as I saw Luke perform, I had to leave because then I had to go and see Sinead perform. But saying that, I saw Slang and Ryan perform live together when they supported Corey Harper. And it was incredible. They slayed it. Just, yeah. just to let you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I expect nothing less. Just shut it down. I expect nothing less. <laughs> just screaming and shouting, basically. <laughs> Luke was singing like an angel and i just come on and just swore and talked about dark times no but it's, it's needed though it's, it's definitely needed. the outfit as well yeah he was dressed <laughs> up as like that. a christmas man yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so luke burr is without question one of the uk's hottest emerging talents in 2019 luke was catapulted into the charts when his version of bobby cladwell's what you won't do for love was synced to the uk's most popular tv show love island the song shot straight to number one on the Shazam charts in the UK and peaked at number three in the iTunes R&B charts. Having previously worked and toured with Rudimental, Luke is releasing his debut EP Butterflies in early 2020, as well as performing a headline show very soon coming up in London's Omera, which is just around the corner from here. It's a beautiful venue, by the way. Yeah, it's a nice venue. In April, and a UK tour is soon to be announced. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Luke Burr! And we've been working on some stuff as well, which is, which is very good. <laughs> All right, so I don't even know where we're going to start this, honestly. So how did we meet? How did we meet? I, actually, I went to the I Am Whole gig with the founder of Movember yep. and, and Ryan Keane, like on the, on the off. Yeah. And like, I, I knew a lot of the people that were on mm -hmm. stage. Like Ed and James and all these other people. But you didn't know me? No, no. But everyone, <laughs> he didn't know me? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. But I, I'd seen, I'd, I think I'd seen like quotes and stuff from you yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on the internet. Because, you then, know, we've been going viral, you know. We've been going... <laughs> He's a nightmare. Uh, uh, and then I saw, I saw your gig. It was, it was incredible. I was really touched by like... Apparently, he was just only supposed to speak for like 30 seconds. And he spoke for five minutes. <laughs> you know what, yeah. But it was incredible. I like, said to Jordan, like, I remember being there at I Am Whole, yeah, and I was backstage and Ed Sheeran was soundtracking and I was like, oh my God, that's Castle on, that's Castle on the Hill. Mm. And then um, I said, how on earth am I going to follow that? And I looked at, I remember I was with Holly, Dylan and Amy, three people that are close to me and I said to them, I don't know what to do. And they just said, just be yourself. Yeah. And I was like, but what if they don't want to hear that? And they're like, no, no, they do, they do, just be yourself. And when I went out there yeah. and I performed, they were so silent. It was like probably one of the best gigs of my life. It was magical, man. Yeah, it was, was really taking my And then I noticed um, when, when Ed Sheeran left, I was like, all right, now that Ed Sheeran's gone, maybe I can squeeze in another extra minute. Yeah. Like normally, because if, if you're before the big person yeah. Yeah. you can't really take longer yeah. but whereas yeah. this lineup was not based on status it was based on just like i don't know how they made the lineup so i was just like thrown into this mix of incredible names and i was just like well okay no one's telling me to get off yeah. <laughs> i'm just no, gonna carry on i'm glad you did that man I'm no really it was you. it was really it was really beautiful oh, so we met at i am whole yes, yes yes wow and now we're on i am whole truth podcast together yes wow world works in mysterious ways yeah and we already know how we met we do. Yep. Not quite as interesting, but... <laughs> <laughs> Ed Sheeran wasn't involved. I remember I, I saw you at the gig and I was just like, no, your voice is incredible. And then before you know it, he was trying my dad's samosas. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I can second that. The, the gig was banging. 
It was a. It was really the samosas good. were banging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were better than my voice. <laughs> Done. Dead. Yes. When I first heard your songs, mm. they sent me into another world. They sent me into a real world in a world. Okay. And it, I felt like mentally you was able to encapsulate what many people aren't able to do. Okay. With with your music and your writing and your storytelling, where uh, I mean, I I know where that inspiration comes from. Mm. But how hard was it for you first to actually delve into real life issues, like with regards to your mental state of mind, mm. and then convey that into your music? Did you ever feel like you was exposing a part of yourself that you didn't think you would one day talk about? Totally, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a household of like, my dad was a gangster. And he was in prison a lot. And my mum was a really hard woman who used to be around all the time and take care of all of the, the madness because I, I lived in a house with 11 people um, in a three-bedroom house. Wow. And there was always madness going on. So everyone, you can't really show any weakness in, in that environment, especially the area I was growing up in was quite bad as well. So I was quite hard and angry for a long time till I got to like 20, to about 23, 24. And mm -hmm. I met my friend Ryan Keane. Mm -hmm. um, who was uh, who really helped me like expand my mind a bit and talk a lot more and like just especially with music because I, I was a grand producer so I'd, I'd just make beats I was just a beat maker Was you on Acid Pro? I, no I was on Fruit Loops Fruit Loops yeah, yeah. Acid Pro no, you can't make beats on Acid Pro it was just yeah, recording you can make them on yeah? yeah but I was just like so I'd be in the studio like I'm the guy yeah, yeah, I'm a Where player. when you say studio where was the studio? Uh, well, me, me and Zed Dot a guy called Zed Dot who's a grand producer well he's a producer not grand producer but um yeah, we used to have a production team mm -hmm. with another guy called Rhymes. And then... Before this, how did you find that? Before that, I used to do uh, Pirate Radio. Okay. So we used to go to... There was a station called Freeze FM mm -hmm. in West London, because I'm from West London. And um, yeah, it was underneath a kebab shop in Rainers Lane. Wow. And it was like... <laughs> it was like you had to pay five pounds to go there and you broadcast to like... I don't know how many... It was yeah, It was yeah. a time of... Pirate Radio was popping. Dude. Pirate Radio was popping. Dude, I it was... We used to have some fun times there. There was True Tiger, which were another collective. And we, how, how old was you at the time? I was like 14 years old. So music, music from then was embedded in your DNA? It was embedded in my DNA, but it was like... In the area, it was more of like a collective, but we was a gang. It was yeah. like a, a boys... You could call it. Um, and then we started doing music and got a little more professional when everyone started releasing songs way before Spotify and we used mm -hmm. to burn CDs, go to the studio. Yeah, yeah. Did you have Bluetooth songs to each other? As yeah, well? all of that. Sony Ericsson, all of that. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I wasn't that personal with my grime music. It was very like what rhymed the best and what kind of mm -hmm. sounded good in terms of like rhyming that syllable. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like a lyrical showcase. Yeah, it was. It was just like, and then... I, then I went into writing songs for others because I was like, Grimes just too, like, yeah, it was too unprofessional. When I was doing it, like, mm -hmm. Skepta was a DJ then. Do you know what I mean? Like, Wiley had just done wearing my Rolex and there was like all these other things going on. And I was around all that circle and I used to work with those guys and it was just too, un for me, I wanted to get out of this hood mentality of being like, we can't make money out of this. We can't do mm -hmm. that. We can't do this. And I, And then I started producing and writing for... Like like Charlie XCX and Marina and the Diamonds, I got thrown in the studio. I was lucky because my manager at the time was a guy called Nick Worthington, who signed Marina and the Diamonds, signed the street, signed Plan mm -hmm. B, developed them all, and he kind of took me under his wing. And yeah, so he used his connections to throw me in with all these and, people. And did you ever feel like your creativity was pressured by stress? Oh, totally. And how did you handle that? I didn't handle it. I was so anxious. 
because I, I, I was I was just a beat maker. I didn't really know I didn't really know about writing words and melody. Yeah. Although it was in me and eventually it came out, but I would go in there so stressed I couldn't sleep the night before being like, Oh my oh, god, wow. I don't I don't I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't even know how to set up the yeah. microphone. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're no, like, How come we can record vocals? Yeah. I'll be like, Yeah, cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Because your entry into music was very unorthodox. Yeah, it's, to me, it was just like, it was like a game, like I was playing a computer game with my mates. Yeah. Did you fake it when you got in there, though? Totally. Like, so they wouldn't have known that you weren't. <laughs> I don't know, I've never but, asked them. But only you knew how you were feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I felt horrible. And they were just, and then we'd get to the end of the session and they'd be like, oh, that was, that was dope. You made something that I totally wouldn't have made and da 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 And I was just like, all right, cool, but like, what's next? And they're like, can you mix it? And I was like... Yeah, cool. I didn't know about and this was this And this was before YouTube was teaching us ever how to do everything. Yeah, there was nothing. There was yeah. like, this is, a, this is a good 10 years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, YouTube in the last however many mm. years has... Transformed many things. Yeah, yeah. So... Anybody seen Baby Shark, by the way? No. Baby Shark? Yo. Oh, I heard the song. You need to see that Baby Shark. I got 10 nephews and nieces, man. Three billion views. Three billion views. Three billion views on Baby Shark. Alright, Mr. Burr. My story's not half as interesting as this. <laughs> no, 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 you can't say that, you can't say that. Everything's relevant. Man. When did you discover music and what did it do for you mentally? I think my so my dad was banging to his soul and sort of disco and calling the gang. You're from Hornchurch, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, um, in Essex. And I, my dad listened to that as a kid and then he just used to play his records in the car. And for whatever reason, I really resonated at like a really young age, maybe like eight or nine, mm -hmm. when no one was listening to that sort of music, you know, certainly in my school. Mm. Um, what were they listening to? I, they, if it was on Capital Radio, they'd listen yeah, to it, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. for some reason, I just, I, I was into Earth, Wind and Fire or whatever, mm. you know, and I didn't know why, and I didn't, I didn't think why I liked that music. It just resonated with me and I like I loved the chords and I loved mm. the voices. Um, and then I started to sing and for some reason, no one in my family was musical at all, but I had a tone and no one could really understand it. And my dad was like, I think he can sing, you know. Um, so I had some sort of piano lessons and whatever and got a bit bored and taught myself the rest. And I entered a little local competition at the pub and I, I thought I was terrible at this time. I, just, <laughs> I didn't have a clue. <laughs> and I was like, and all these girls were there like so prepared who had been doing it years. And I, and I won this competition. And from that moment, I was like, oh, this is just what I want to do. Like yeah. that buzz performing yeah. and I still get that same buzz now like yeah, um, so that was what set me off and then I just started doing every pub in Essex singing um, and for me at the time it was just I, I don't I don't know why I had this voice but I felt so lucky to have a tone and I could hit like four notes and the rest was like terrible mm -hmm. um, and I've got OCD so I just like become obsessed with being the best I could be. And I'm sort mm. of like that with everything. And with my voice, I just expanded it to as, yeah. to as good as I can get. And, mm. and there's always room for improvement. Um, and then I just started singing in all the pubs in Essex and mm -hmm. had some really, really terrible gigs. Um, I signed a deal when I was like uh, 19, I think. And I thought, oh, this is it. I've, I've hit the jackpot yeah. here. Um, and at that point, I, th I was a singer. I, I wouldn't say I was an artist. I wrote a few songs. but What's the difference? So like, a, so I was just, a, I could sing and I could sing anything and I could sound pretty good. But mm. being an artist for me, you know, you've got to have something to say. You've got to have a message that you want to get across. You've got to have feelings that, and you've got to have a reason why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was, I didn't, I probably convinced myself I did. 
But looking back, I wasn't an artist. Um, and then I went through that whole process mm -hmm. and learned how the industry worked. Wait, did you used to have a tag name back in the day? No. I used to, I used to be really good at graffiti, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, actually really good. Yeah, sorry, going off topic. <laughs> All right, so you discovered you could sing. You entered these competitions in the pubs and then pub gigs are hot. I mean, I've done a few yeah, as a poet. They're, 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 they're not easy. No. They're, they're definitely not easy. The you smaller the gig, the harder, man. I find yeah. like it's just, just, yeah. But and no one would listen. And like, I would hate that. How did that make you feel? It was the worst feeling in the world, right? And I was, I was getting paid money to sing in pubs and my mates were working in shops and I was getting what they were earning in a whole week. Yeah. I, but I come out to, and I said, I'd rather earn half of what I earn mm -hmm. and everyone listen. That's all I wanted. So, I just, yeah, well, so I'd go the next week and it was my challenge. How could I get all these to listen? And I'd have the, go on. Sorry, no, that's really interesting you took that approach because some people might have taken that situation and said, well, no one's listening to me. This has yeah, really demoralised me. I'm going to leave. So where yeah, did you... No what in your mindset was installed and where do you think that came from for you to say, you know what, today 10 people listen, next week 15 mm. are going to, where did that come from? I don't know, I've, I've always had sort of a, a drive in me and I think I, I believed in my voice and it sometimes just takes one person at the end of the night to go, you were quality mate. Mm -hmm. And that just makes me, I believe that, you know, and then I thought I'm going to convince everyone. That I'm, I, you know, okay. I just wanted to entertain people. Um, and I wanted to give people a great night. And when I had the drunk woman come up to me the first time going, can you sing Rihanna? And I'm on the piano. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. But then you learn the next week she asked her the same thing and you have a little funny response and you learn how to get a crowd back and you learn the songs to sing and yeah. you learn the way to perform. And honestly, there's no better feeling for me than entertaining people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why. I, know, I, I, can't, I can't really explain why, but I don't care where I am. I don't care the social class of these people. I don't care what, where it is. I just want him to dance or sing along or have a feeling. And if yeah. I'm in control of that hour or so, you know, and, and taking them on a, on a ride of emotions. Yeah, that's incredible. There's no better feeling. It's because I feel like our jobs as entertainers, we provide a form of escapism mm. for people. Mm. Yeah. We create a world away from the problems that they're currently experiencing and facing and say, you know what, step into this for an hour. We'll and forget about everything. Yeah. yeah. But then what do you both do to make sure that you're good? Because I know you go for runs. I know. I, I meditate a lot. I walk a lot. Mm -hmm. I should read more. But I'm yeah. very like, I left school when I was 13 years old. When did so. you get into meditation? Um, about, about five years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm quite lucky. I have two goddaughters. Their parents are amazing. They live in LA and they're like banging to meditation and stuff. Yeah. And they really like took me under their wing and taught me how to channel my energy in the yeah, right yeah, way. Yeah. Um, so ever since then, really. But before that, yeah, I had no escape from like the way I was feeling. I'd be angry all the time. I'd go and like punch, punch bags. Okay, so wait, slow down a second. Yeah, how do you? How do I have that conversation with angry slang? Yeah, saying he's angry at the world and the situation and the environment. Have you ever tried meditation? <laughs> like, how how does that conversation? Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Because for one, it cannot feel like it's designed for you. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Definitely not. Did you I, know you needed something? Yeah, because I went to the lowest point in my life when I when I when I tried to kill myself and I and I, like I was in a really toxic relationship yeah. and I hit rock bottom and I was just like then I just kind of opened my mind to everything because I'm like I have all this stuff built up in me and I don't know how to release it and wow. then and then I had I had therapy and then I had um, hypnotherapy because I was so ignorant to all of that like yeah. growing up in a really hard environment my mum and dad would never talk about anything you know like. 
really serious stuff like losing family members and people dying and getting murdered and they wouldn't even talk about it they just sweep mm -hmm. it under the rug so to me that was the most natural thing to do yeah until it hit me and i was isolated away from my family i was like what am i gonna do now yeah. where i was quite lucky i had some amazing friends around me that facilitated all of that for me and they they really helped me and without them to be honest i really wouldn't be here today well no listen firstly thank you for sharing what you just <clears throat> shared and secondly like what you've done with your pain is incredible because I feel like you've gone and put it somewhere mm. and your pain has like allowed you to to flourish it's really interesting because I've worked with both of you in in a studio setting and slang's way of working is so different to my way of working like I'm there with a book and a pen and I'm like okay I'm just gonna sit here until something comes to me yeah. and he's walking around the room going and I'm just, he's just like try this and I'm like Okay, and I'm like, oh, that 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 sounds quite good. Like, where did that come from? The same like, thing. I I don't come from a musical family. Like, no one, no one in my family ever showed me music. Yeah, or they didn't put a vinyl. So it just comes from feeling, man. Yeah, from feeling. So I was just. And just, I think it's beautiful and I feel like the fact that like when, when I'm reading your biography like half of the stuff you did I, I had no idea that you'd done mm -hmm. but I can see now you being put into a situation and someone says to you go on exercise your pain you're like well that's all I got <laughs> alright yeah. then because we're so used to like bottling it up that when it comes up yeah. it, it helps so music would you say music saved your life? 100 million percent yeah well any songs in particular? Or just the whole what? concept of music as an as a whole. Just writing, writing how I felt on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. regardless if it was a song, really helped. And then I put it into a, into music, it was massive for me. I know it sounds cliche, like oh my feelings, blah blah blah, but it really was like a massive thing for me. And then ever since then, I've wrote down how I'm feeling all the time and stick it in a safe place, mm -hmm. rather than just bottling it up in here where it's everything's so intense and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, and actually something that Jordan Stevens really helped me with when I was at my lowest point, he, I like I sat in a cafe with him for like 20 minutes and he, cause he was going through some similar stuff and he had said in the past that he really struggled with like obsessive thoughts, mm -hmm. especially around suicide. Some people obsess over like really perverse things or really bad things. I was obsessing over suicide. Mm -hmm. And he told me to read a book called The Imp of the Mind. It's about perverse thoughts and it has like, priests, teachers, firemen, policemen, just talking about how normal it is to just have these mad thoughts in your brain, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person yeah. or you're going to do them, yeah. you know? Um, and I read that book and I was just like, everything become a little bit more manageable. Wow. And was you encouraged to read from young or not? Never. That's something you took upon yourself. I was never in, yeah. in, in, encouraged to do education. Like if I had a day off like bunk school, my mum would be like, what are you doing? She wouldn't be like, you need to go in school and learn. It was just never really that. It was never a thing in my family. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, my brother's both. My brother got sectioned when he was 12 and he was put in a boarding school. So he's he, was, he wasn't really trying to learn. He was just trying to get himself back, you know, because he was mm -hmm. mad. Um, and my eldest brother was the same. He, he got kicked out of school when he was, I think he was 12. And they put him into like one of these units, you know, the units where they sick mm -hmm. all the bad kids. And, yeah. And then he was there like a week and he's like, I can't do this. They're treating me like an idiot. And then from then, saying that though, my sisters, my two younger sisters, have, they finish school wow. and, and go to, to college and stuff. So that's, that's, that's definitely progress. Yeah, and I feel like you sharing your pain through music, that has definitely helped me as well. There's oh, really? like Sweet Lives. I'm glad, man. There, yeah, you need to listen to this song of slangs called Sweet Lives. It's an incredible, incredible story. 
And the thing is, when I heard it live, I took so many more different things from it from when I just listened to it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Mr. Burr, have you ever been overwhelmed by what you wrote? If I'm, if I'm getting, like, the odd time when I'm writing something, or I'm sitting on a piano and I play something and sing something, if I get goosebumps, mm-hmm. like that's when I know. Do you know that's what I mean? Yeah. But what gets in the way for me is is overthinking. Mm. So like, I like you were just talking about when Slang's in the studio, he's going off, and I'm sure that that's so sort of natural. Mm. And I look, I'm sometimes like that, but often I'm like, I feel I put so much pressure on myself, mm-hmm. which get and the thoughts get in the way of the feelings. Mm. And the moment I start thinking too much and I start feeling less, and the songs become worse. And they don't mean as much, and then I just move on, and I don't come back to that song. Yeah. But if I can get into that place where I was in it yesterday and sitting on the piano, and I don't think of anything, and two hours have gone by, and I've wrote a song, mm-hmm. and I've not thought, you know, I've just felt, and they're the songs that I think really connect. Hundred yeah. percent. And talk me through. So you sit down. Where's your Where's your creative space? So I mean, mine's. Uh, Sometimes I go to the studio and work with other people, but often it's just me and the piano. Yep. Um, Mobile phone on or off? Off. I, I, I just feel like with me, I don't. I'm really trying to spend less time on my phone, and it's, I'm not really achieving it at the moment. But there's so many notifications, and the moment that I see an Instagram thing come up or an email, my brain subconsciously goes there. Of so course, I'm not hundred yeah. percent in the song. Yeah. So I try my. That's so bad. It's it's, it's <sighs> such a distraction. And then like, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I spend an hour a day on each app. Or I have an hour limit on each app. I was in the studio last night and I was, I was enjoying it. And then it got to like midnight, and then I was, was ordering Uber Eats. And the next thing you know, I'm spending like half hour on yeah. Instagram <laughs> saying else. Yeah, and then I'm, yeah, yeah. and then the Uber's not there, and I'm tracking it, and I'm like. So how does that? Make, I know how this makes me feel when you get distracted in a when you're when you're on the road of creative genius yeah. and incredible things are happening you're writing about all of this incredible like trauma pain or life experience you've gone through you've managed to get into bars or stuff yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then you get distracted mm. i get so angry yeah i get angry at myself Dude, I, I get angry at the one that distracted me i get so angry you distract at, yourself yeah, yeah i'll I be know, in the studio let's take accountability h we will write a whole song and he goes yeah i'm changing the song name and i've ripped the, the verse again i'm like Wait, how have you managed to do that in five minutes? <laughs> I think there's too when many I'm distractions. Fo- <laughs> when I'm focused, the focus is laser. Like, you've, seen, you've both seen it. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. just like nothing. There could be an earthquake outside and, you've, and yeah. I will, it will not move me. Mm. But when I'm distracted, it's very bad. And it's the output of how I feel for the rest of the day afterwards yeah, yeah, yeah. On, the thing, on the form of therapy that helps me 
yeah. is now actually destructing me in a way. <laughs> Do you know oh, what I yeah, mean? Oh, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Like music for me is, although it's given me so much and helped me so much, it's given me so much. Uh, it's been at the detriment to my mental health as well. Yeah. Like the the music itself has given me incredible highs and. I chase highs naturally, so maybe I would have searched for highs elsewhere mm. if I wasn't getting it from music. But the pressure that I put on myself to be the best I can be in music has affected my mental health wow. for sure. And and what do you do to balance that? So I just I, I think trying trying so hard to tell myself it's all right not to be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggle with that. Like I think from such a young age, I was told the harder you work, the more successful you are and the happier you yeah. are. And that was great at school because I worked, if I, you've worked hard on a mm. test, you do good, you get your good grade or whatever. Or if it's football, mm. you go on, if you play well, you score, you come off. Whereas well, music and life, it ain't, it's not yeah. like the harder you work, the more successful you are. Yeah. And then also I was achieving certain things and I wasn't happy. So I was like, yeah. I wasn't happy as I should be. So it's sort of, trying to understand that life isn't that simple and sometimes you might feel a bit flat you know the thing is when i had the most in my life was when i was most unhappy (laughs) you know because you it's it's so true the more you get the more you want kind of but also like you don't get to enjoy it yeah but i like i just signed a deal same thing i'd sign a deal just was working with all these big artists and I had just got a house in Crouch End. I lived in an amazing place. Every morning I'd go up to Alexandra Palace, look over the whole city, mm, have yeah. a gym in my thing, like everything. Ever had money in my bank and I had nothing because I had, my mental health was just gone. That you know, scares me that. Do you know what? And I can't, you can't, but that's just the past. That's just the, the past that pushed me to that point. I didn't feel like I started living until I was like 22 years old because before that was all just blank to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so much trauma and so much negative negativity just just ruling me and then I got to a point of being from like 21 to 25 when I got in the music industry properly made a name for myself and got signed and all these things but I didn't deal with all those issues from before so So yeah because I was just blocking them out with working constantly like being possessive like OCD just like doing this doing that 10,000 hours blah 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 got there got there and I was like at the tip of tip of the mountain it was like this is terrible Wow, yeah, I'm I'm very similar. I'm always work, 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 work. People are like social life. I'm like, what's that? Yeah, Is yeah. that a thing? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing out here. Well, I think you're told like the advice that you see on YouTube or a little snippet on Instagram. Ed Sheeran's talking about this, or someone's talking about yeah, work hard, do this, do that, and then you sort of convince yourself, oh well, I've got to work hard, otherwise I'm letting myself down mm. and I'm letting everyone down. Yeah. yeah. I, I was saying to someone the other day, yeah, if writers and musicians were paid by the hour, we would be the richest people in the world. Yeah. Well, they are trying that. They're trying to do that in LA a lot. They, they, is it? Yeah, they, writers charge for their time in the session, which I think... It's a bit weird, though. Yeah, which I think is a bit crazy because <laughs> no, it's it's just like it's like doing a painting and expecting someone to pay you straight away for yeah. it. Wow, yeah. I hear that. I, I, I'm in, but I agree about I'm people's in, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in, in the sense of individually for ourselves. So, like, yeah. we, we are our own carpenters. We are our own oh, painters yeah. of our lives. So oh. the amount of nights you sit there and you're just working on something, you're working on an idea, Yeah, yeah. you're not getting paid for it, but you're doing it because it benefits you. It's gonna help you in some way mentally. But then I was saying, if you got paid for that creative process, yeah. we would be rich. You but, often don't see the results though. Like mm. that's what gets me in music. Like it's I love, no, yeah. when life was easy, like 
in school or when you could see things like the harder you work you get it back yeah. <clears throat> you don't if like if I was a sprinter the more I'd go out and I'd practice every day I'd get quicker yeah. Yeah. but in music the more you want to write a good song you might not write a good song yeah. and the better you're doing it, often you don't see the rewards yeah, like yeah, that yeah. you know so it's I, like is yeah. this working? I it's, thought it's life a, wasn't like this. It's a lot of deferred gratification. It it, it comes later on. Or it's instant, yeah. as you saw. You saw last year with with Love Island. That must have been an incredible moment for yeah, you. Yeah, that was well, but like that wasn't the best thing I've done. I've done much things things so much better than that, and yeah. then no one's ever heard it, and then yeah. nothing ever happens, and then something like that comes out of the blue, and it's like that gives you that win that just the next time you need that little bit of inspiration mm-hmm. that you think, oh, a win might come. You mm-hmm. look back and go, I didn't expect that. So you don't know what's going to come next. Um, and that's what you just got to keep searching for those little wins yeah. wherever they might come from. You, you know what? It would be interesting to hear what you lot think of this. Um, I, I was having a meeting once with somebody from, I believe it was Cambridge University. And they they were they were doing some research on a paper about creative writing. And they said to me, what's the process? I said, process? There's no process. This is a divine intervention. <laughs> I believe. I believe when you write, it's like a gift. Thoughts. It's a it's gift coming from nowhere. Yeah, they, the I, I believe you manifest them, and they're gifts to you. And mm. I, I believe in God, so I believe they're they're gifts from yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I can't give you my process because mm. I basically just wait. Like, I'm just waiting for something to turn up. And if it doesn't turn up that night, it don't turn up. So sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'll just write a full stop. And I'm like, well, that's all I was meant to come out today. So, <laughs> yeah. And trying to explain my creative process was it's not possible. But I do know keeping it healthy is. So, for example, like when I do sit down to write, no mobile phone. Yeah. Ikea candles on deck. Man, got bare Ikea candles here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> some piano music. There are like, candles out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some piano music, like, and I just create a vibe and atmosphere away from the world for myself mm. and hope to create something. That's me. But I, I know the mindset's so important. For example, like, if I have an argument with you, I couldn't then go and write unless yeah. that argument was sorted out yeah. Yeah. because that's just the type of person I am. I can't go and function the rest yeah. of my daily life if an occurrence happens. Now, I remember recently we had a session that that was the case. Yeah, oh, yeah. You had a big rap? No, no, no we did nah, No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, you punch you in the face. I turned up to the session. I was actually really happy. I bought like a box of chocolates. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Samosas. I was like, I was in such a good mood, but because of something that had happened earlier in the day, I literally just sat there and said, can we just talk today? Yeah. And we just spoke. Yeah. And that was it. But it was nice to do that once. Yeah. You can't make hits all the time, I guess. No. But another problem. So that's my that's my creative writing process yeah. mentality. I'd lo- I'd love to know yours. Go on, bro. Um, I think you know what. That's such a great way to be. And I wish what I struggle with is I like life structures. So I like to think oh, I'm gonna wake up that time, go on a run, come back and write. How far are you running? Five mile, maybe. Okay. Um, Look, bow, you know. AK. What's that? AK. So yeah, something like that. Um, you know, he's sprinting as well. He's not doing them like yeah. He's trying it. He's trying it. He's trying it. Trust me. Um, and I like to. And then oh, so at one o'clock, I sit down and write. But sometimes the song doesn't come. You You'll know, be lying in bed and it's just like this is good or And I struggle with that, you know. And and I wish and I think I'm trying now to get into that mindset of oh, you know, it's, it is going to channel through you and it's mm-hmm. meant to and. Start thinking less, feeling more, and putting less pressure on the song's got to come by two o'clock. You know, yeah. if it doesn't, it doesn't, and you go you go again the next day. You know, 
Um, I think that's what I'm trying to improve on now. But as for creative process, you can, sometimes you'll find yourself frustrated for ages. And I, but I find that hour where you're bashing away, getting mm -hmm. frustrated. I find sometimes I go away and come back and something comes like that. Mm. So maybe I needed that hour of getting that yeah. stuff out. I heard um, Ed Sheeran say that it's like a dirty tap. So you write loads and loads of okay, songs yeah. and then you get all the all the dirt out, all the dirt, and then eventually you comes start writing the songs, the, the good water yeah. comes. And I like that. And I'm sort of like, when I write a bad song, I think, oh, it's just that dirty water that needed to come out. Mm. Um, so yeah, there was, uh, there's been a few dirty waters recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for the pure water yeah, to yeah. come. It's on route, it's on route. <laughs> Everyone says that, everyone says that like, uh, the, I was watching the Coldplay documentary. I haven't oh, seen it. Amazon I need to make yeah. a note. That is so sick. And he's, Chris Martin's like, he's the goat. Singing these most in, incredible songs. He's like, it's not going to make the album. And I'm just like, he's like, yeah, you have to write 10 before you write one good one. Mm. It's like, that's Chris Martin saying that, you yeah. know, like, and he's the goat. Yeah. He's like, and, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I could be lying in bed and like, in my, I've, I've actually dreamed songs and woken up and voice noted them. Wow. It's so weird. Yeah. That's how you know it's a divine thing. Yes, yeah, totally. It's coming from some mad place. I don't understand it, but it's, yeah. But a lot. Yeah, like, I, I, that's I, happened to me once. Like, I've worked with I a lot. I thought of a mad bar. Sorry, I thought of a mad bar. I woke up, it was in my notes. I was like, what? I wrote that in my sleep. <laughs> now, I, when I was only, when I wasn't an artist, when I was just writing and producing for others, I used to work with a lot of like, top line writers mm. who are now huge, really successful people. But their methods I would really question because yeah. they would take three songs and stick them together and use a melody from that song and the BPM of that song and the key of that song and be like, there you go, you've got a hit. And I'd be like, well, you've just stolen three things. But they're like, that's where music's coming from. You'd, you used to listen to Otis Redding, that sounds like Otis Redding. Yeah. You know, like... I, I don't that's what I mean. There is no right or wrong way. Like, yeah. no one has the answer. Yeah. I, I personally connect to songs that have more feeling in, but some of the biggest songs ever are written like that. So I, I can't sit here and go, oh, no, you can't write a song like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that this conversation of mental health and music is in a good place right now in society? Yeah. I think so. I feel yeah. like we're, we're, we're at, we're in more a More so than ever. Yeah, but I think definitely. it's needed to be. I think there's been a rise because of, social media because mm. of Spotify statistics mm -hmm. that keep getting splashed in your face. Yeah. So before labels didn't really want to touch it because obviously the more broken you are the better the better songs mm. and the better material you're going to have yeah, true, have, yeah. have stuff to write about. Um but it's just it's so apparent nowadays that everyone's suffering from day one, you know, of getting into the industry and having all these pressures of mm -hmm. social media and yeah. all these other other things, you know. And let alone with their own life. That's just their yeah. new life. that they Exactly. This is yeah, a new yeah, life that, yeah. that we've all adopted. I think one conversation I'd love to have with both of you is um, musicians, artists, writers, creatives, self-employed people, freelance people, on a general whole, don't always get paid mm. because we do a lot for opportunity. Yeah. And then you do so much for opportunity into the point you get paid. But then when you're getting paid for the work, there comes a new set of rules and a new set of problems because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to commission you to do this. So you need to do it the way I want you to do it. Or, yo, do your thing. But then I'm chasing you two months later on for the payment oh. of something that I've just delivered on. And that, that conversation of financial well-being and money well-being and mm. the implications that it then has on your art is something I don't think anybody ever discusses. Mm. And I think that really bothers me as mm. like a creator because I'm like, yo, if this can happen to people like us who are in the industry and we're 
we're in our mid 20s or our early 30s and we're like seasoned do you know what I'm saying? Like we've been around, we've paid our respects, we've paid our dues, and people still take advantage. What do what do we need to give to the younger generation of these people for them, for them to say, listen, yeah, work for free, but not too much because yeah. it's gonna bother you later on, or charge this, but you know what, that one you should do because it's a good PR opportunity. Like, what advice would you give on that conversation? It depends on the person. There's a lot of piss takers in the industry. You know, like. You give them inch, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Mm. And when they want something, they want it yesterday. You give it, give it to them yesterday. And like you said, you're chasing them for two more months, and you, they don't want to reply to emails. But suddenly, it was like hotline bling when you were today. Yeah, they yeah, needed yeah, something. Yeah, you know? needed, and, and that whole, but part, that works across everyone, you know. Like yeah, it, I, I definitely think it works across a lot of industries. But I think why it, why I feel so passionately about it when it comes to the creative arts is because we put our heart into it. Mm. Like we are really out here putting our our trauma on the line mm. in in not all cases but in most cases and for the benefit on a time schedule i hate that mm. i hate when it like i, I can't do it yeah, sorry on a timer yeah. like oh we need this in seven days i panic i end up going for a walk and you're like yeah <laughs> you have to find your uh, going back to you know doing things for opportunity mm. I, I think you have to find this you have to search for as many ways as possible to try and find financial mm-hmm. stability because there are opportunities whether that's you know, for me, I was lucky enough to fall into corporate stuff mm-hmm. on the side. No one knows about it. And I, that's how I look at that as my money. And then everything else is opportunity, you know. Yeah. So yeah. when someone asks me to do something for free in music, I, don't, I have less of a, what are you taking the mic out of? Because yeah. I've enabled yeah, yeah, myself yeah. to do that for free because I've done the gig that no one mm-hmm. knew about and the, the whatever, the corporate gig or yeah. whatever. So that's enabled me to do it. And I know that other people might, if we're a producer, they might produce for adverts. Yeah. And so that's giving them their money. They don't even particularly enjoy so it. So you're saying find ways in which you can yes, exercise so. your talent in other yes. areas and get paid. Exactly. That's exactly what I've had yeah. to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because you can't, you know, it's tough being a music. The, the top 100%. 1%, they're earning dollar, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't even think it's with musicians. We had some actors on uh, yeah. earlier and they, they, ha- they face very similar troubles. Athletes as well. Like you train all your life for an entire a run or a fight and it doesn't go to plan and then. You're, you're, you're at a place in your life where you just put your heart out there and yeah. it's a world full of business and it doesn't always think about how you're feeling. Nah. And that, that's like a... It's a it's, you know what it is? That's if anything, risk. It's a real It's a real risk, yeah. But that's why we, we get up and we don't do what everyone mm, else yeah. tells us. There is definitely a thrill to it. Uh, there's there a is, thrill, there's so, definitely yeah. a thrill to it. We're just thrill seekers. Yeah. I, I think we have higher highs than a lot of people, but we probably have lower lows. Yeah, so. and I definitely do think with experience comes coping mechanisms in dealing with these loads yeah 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 one of the ones was being homeless for me that was like a wow talk us tell us a bit more about this like so yeah when i was going through that really hard time with my depression and this is before you was in crouch end no this was after Okay, so, so I'd you, left the so house. Ha- so you had you had, I had my deal. You had, had your money in the bank. Had my Alexandra money. in the pa- Alexandra Palace in, yeah, yeah. on the balcony. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, you're going to the spa. <laughs> what happened? And, and then what happened? I figured the best thing to do was remove myself from a to- just a toxic situation and then work on my life. Just leaving. Just my brother come in his car. I packed all my stuff up. I was like, let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the money that's in this. I don't care about this that's in that. Wow. I was just like, all of that is just superficial rubbish. That. I don't care about, you know, I've I come from nothing and I'm, I still exist at nothing, you know, like I have money in the bank. It doesn't mean anything. That, that is such, yeah. that is such a beautiful outlook. And I think a, a very, very powerful quote, I come from nothing and 
that still existing nothing you know like no wow. money no money or anything's like changed that it's just i i'm still that young kid in my mind that didn't deal with all these issues as a young man so it doesn't matter how much i had so how long were you homeless for i was homeless for six months just wow. like sleeping on people's couches jumping on my mum's couch sleeping in ryan's van we would travel mm. around and no one knew i was homeless and what did you learn what did i learn were you working harder when you were homeless yeah i was i was just working the same i was just just i just cracked on that's all i know how to do was just mm. keep going you know um and yeah I, but I that's was, such an that's such a um powerful skill to keep going I get that from my mum, man. I get that from my mum. My yeah, mum's are beautiful. Mums are beautiful. Shout out all of our mums. My mum is... Big up, mum. Yeah. <laughs> Every, like, women are mm. amazing, but my mum is... She's an alien, you know. It's yeah. the, her life and the stuff she's been through, she should be the most bitter, angry person in the world, but she's the most loving and wow. caring and she just gives pure joy to everyone, you wow. know. I feel it. I feel it through you. Dude, I get that from my mum, man. My two... Everyone in my family gets that from my mum, you know. She's, she's amazing. And... Yeah, it's just just get up and get on with it, you know. Yeah, that's it. That comes from having a hard father, also. It's, but you like, know what's so interesting. Sorry to interrupt you, but my <laughs> mum used to say a very similar thing. Cry, get over it, move on. Yeah, that was her formula for everything. It was all yeah. right. You upset? Go and cry. Yeah. All right now, get over it. Okay, now move on. Yeah, don't dwell in your depression. Mm. All right. Unfortunately, we are coming to the end of this episode. But before we wrap it up, tell us more about what we can expect to find, hear, feel at your headline show coming up in Omera in April, Mr. Burr. Get your tickets now, they're running out. They're running yeah. out. Um, you can expect, uh, look, I just hope that people come and are entertained, as I said before. Um, bit of dancing, bit of singing. He's doing that a disservice. He is incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. will move your core. <laughs> you will be feeling it in your spine, ladies and gentlemen. You need I need to, to get, get you on the advert. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your budget right, you know? <laughs> about opportunity <laughs> no I'm playing um, I'm so excited for your headline show and for, for the rest of your year yeah the EP's coming out so it's exciting yeah sick and Mr nice. Slang uh, yeah I have a I finished the next six tracks that I'm going to release last week wow sick. got them got them mixed and mastered and it's just about as part of a project or yeah part of an EP but I'll release them as singles then mm -hmm. put them together as an EP it's just about being when I was single for the last year and a half it's just a brutally honest it's called my brutally honest yeah. experience of online dating it's just oh, about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just about uh, i'm very excited to read the slang book one day oh man is there yeah. one in, in in production are you writing it or i mean you got your you can budget be the proof, right? <laughs> you, got your, you got your budget you're all about money i'll definitely write the the um i'll write something for it but I feel like I'd love to see a slang picture book as well. Thank you. Of, of like the life in pictures and quotes and stories. Do you still write with other people? With other people? Yes, yes. Well, barely, but... We should get the session. We should all get into a session together. <laughs> I would love that. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do yeah. it in your shed. Okay, well, it. you know what? Sad news, guys. I'm moving out of the shed. Very sad. Oh, we can do it in my flat. Just... We can do it in my flat. It's easy. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it in your flat. But I'm going to move into to. somewhere else. So I'm figuring it out. Life. But going back to what you said, what was it? I come from nothing, so I will still exist in nothing. Yes. And that is the moral of episode four. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can follow Luke Burr and Dan Dare, aka Slang, on social media. And me, of course, the original Mummy's Boy Ilford. Finest Hussein Manoa. <laughs>
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.